Shalom, everyone, and welcome once again to the Light Lab podcast. My name is Eliana Light. I am here with my good friends, Cantor Ellen Dreskin. Hello, everybody. And Rabbi Josh Roshosky. Great to be back as always. <laughs> and I have kind of an esoteric question for us this morning, which is, tell me about a recent experience of Kedusha that you've had in your life. I'm not going to translate that yet. Maybe we'll find out what you think about it through your answers. Ellen, why don't you start? Ah. Well, I wish you could see my face right now, because every time I thought about the question or I read the question, I have to close my eyes and sit very still to think of an answer. And so just in that moment, I'm glad we're not translating because there's something about the just sitting with the question that for me produced a Kedusha experience in that contemplation. And for now, just need to leave it there. <laughs> I love that meta answer that the question itself is a Kedusha moment. And now that you've said that, I can kind of feel my nervous system slowing down. I can feel myself become a little calmer and more centered. Just thinking Kedusha. Yes. Josh, how about you? I think, uh, you know, over the course of the last two years, we started out spending a lot of time on Zoom. And then uh, at some point, I got very tired of doing things on Zoom. And I was doing a lot of work with different communities over Zoom and then stopped for the most part. I was doing more things in person and less things uh, virtually. But one thing that always continued was that every Tuesday morning, uh, I have a, a musical to feel out with a day school in Chicago, kindergarten through fifth graders. And usually they're all in their own classrooms um, and they're sort of dancing and, and singing. And we're starting the morning together with prayer. And um, this week for the first time, they were allowed to gather larger than just their immediate classrooms. So it was these grades where I think in many schools, they're sort of just in their units and they had the, all the third through fifth graders together and all the kind of all the first and second graders together. You could tell that there was, I wasn't in the room, but I could see those two rooms and you could tell that the energy had just shifted from what had been in the classrooms to just be able to be with more people and just get up and dance and move around. And it was one of those things where you can see that there's a holy moment happening and I'm watching it on a screen and I, I, I know that I was helping to create that moment, but the moment was happening elsewhere. And so I, I was able to sort of experience an outer sense of, of Kedusha, I think. That, that's sort of how I'm internalizing that word that I was, I was watching and experiencing a moment of Kedusha happening and feeling blessed to just be an observer in it. That is so beautiful. Oh my gosh, what lucky children. What lucky you that you get to sing with those children. What a machaya, as we said last time. What a back to life moment. I'm thinking about how Kedusha in my life comes in what might be classified as big moments and small moments. Like this morning, I sat in my little spot and a nigun came out and that felt very holy. But I'm also thinking about how last week, a friend and I went to a concert, an actual concert, you know, it was insane. Vaccine mandates, masks, the whole deal. Big stadium. Everyone was just so full. Like you said, Josh, so full of energy, just bursting with life. And everyone was singing. And I was almost in tears the whole time. 
just to hear thousands of people singing together and getting to be a part of it. I, I couldn't even believe it. It was a balance between wanting to be in the moment and experience it fully and kind of stepping outside of it, like you said, and looking at it and being like, wow, this is an amazing holy moment. And then like putting myself back into it. I've been saying the word holy as if that's what Kedusha means, but that word is so rich and so vast. So before we even jump into the third blessing in our Amidah, which is Kedushat Hashem, let's explore that word Kedusha a little deeper. Ellen, why don't you take us through? Well, I think it's it's got to be the place where we open up, and I don't know if it'll clarify anything or just make things cloudier, which is always fun as well. This is a funny root, Kuf Dalad Shin. And just like you mentioned, Eliana, it says, well, what does that mean? Well, we translate it as holy or something to do with holiness. And then you ask the question, well, what does that mean for something to be holy? And you say, well, it, holiness is like sanctity. And then you have to ask the question, okay, uh, what's that? We have so many Hebrew words with that root, so many words we're familiar with. And so maybe if we can find something that they have in common, we'll get ourselves closer to a definition because I hope that everyone listening can think of things with that root. Like we've already said Kedusha, but then there's our Kiddush, our prayer over the fruit of the vine. There's Kaddish. There's whether it's Kaddish Yatom, the mourner's Kaddish or a half Kaddish. It's a marker in our liturgy. Kiddushin is the Hebrew word for marriage. And in our blessings, we say all the time, uh, Asher Kidshanu, B'mitzvotav. Um, just in our Sidor alone, there are so many different instances, um, not to mention Torah. Let's talk about maybe some of the places where that root appears in Torah. I bet y'all can come up with a couple. So this is this is so interesting. To this morning, I was making recordings for a Torah student of mine, um, teaching her trope, and she has the part from Leviticus about the death of Nadav and Avihu, Aaron's sons. And one of these lines, it's such it's such a robust and kind of sad and cutting story. It's a difficult story. And it says, and Moses said to Aaron, this is what Yodhevavhe meant by saying, through those nears to me, I show myself holy. Bikrovai ekadesh. Bikrovai ekadesh. Through this, I show, through those that draw near to me, I show myself holy. And what that means in the context of the story is cloudy and challenging. But I'm wondering what it means, something about drawing yourself near or being drawn. Because in all of the things that you said, there is something about a moment of acknowledgement, of raising something up, right? When we say kiddush, we're using the wine almost as a conduit to bless something else, right? You know, bre pri is the blessing over wine. But when we say kiddush on Shabbat, we say mekadesh ha-Shabbat. We are saying God makes Shabbat holy. But to me, it's actually through the act of saying Kiddush that we make Shabbat holy because Shabbat is always there. Perhaps it only becomes holy once we acknowledge it. The same thing with Kaddish, the memory of the one that we have loved is always there. We raise it to the level of holiness by acknowledging it. Same thing with Kiddushin, with a marriage. 
people are there, right? Your partner is there. We raise it to the level of holiness by acknowledging it. Josh, I see you nodding. Do you have <laughs> do you have a thought about that? Yeah, I I, lo- I mean, I love that idea of of Bikravaya Kadesh, not only because that's also my Bar Mitzvah Parsha, um, and that, you know, that's something that I've been thinking about also, but, it, I, and what you were saying about a wedding and noticing and lifting, lifting that whole experience up and making it Kadosh, I think there's also something in Kadosh about, about sepa- separating, right? What, what you do at a wedding is, in that kiddushin moment, you are separating the one that you're going to marry from everyone else. It's a choice. It's not saying that this is a better than everything else. It's saying that this is, for me, kadosh, right? Kadosh doesn't necessarily have to be a hierarchy of something else being better than something else, Shabbat being better than the rest of the week. You know, it's, that doesn't have, have to necessarily be like that, but it's an idea of, I am choosing to make this thing kadosh for me. Shabbat, when we do kiddush, we're saying Shabbat is whole, is kadosh for me. And in that moment, when you do that with at, at kiddushin, you're making an active choice. And I think there's something important about the intentionality of that moment. I'm choosing to say and choose this thing to be kadosh. Choosing and also separating. That's right. You know, when when thinking of back on my own education, I think I learned Kedusha as having something to do with separateness. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> well, it's so interesting. I mean, I think that we're getting at the crux of this word that means both connected and separated. And that has to do, you know, with drawing close, but yet, you know, going back, Josh, to that, to being able to observe Kedusha, to, to see it in, in, in a space, in a person, in a moment. If I can jump forward and, and going more into some Torah verses that, you know, there's so many things that are proclaimed holy. The first thing in the Torah that is holy, is Kadosh is time, is Shabbat, uh, right from the book of Genesis. You know, God makes Shabbat holy as a time, And then we get to the burning bush and God says, Moses, take off your shoes because you're standing on holy ground. Now it's not time, it's space. And then we get to the the portion right smack in the center of the Torah in Leviticus 19, the the holiness code, as it's called. Kadoshim tihiyu. Now y'all are going to be kadosh. It really can pop up anywhere and And it's a really interesting question. Does it make us feel different and separate or does it make us feel more connected and what's going on there? And I think there's also something really important about the both and there, right? When when you are becoming more connected to this one thing, when you're saying this day is holy, this person is holy, this group is holy, there is inherently a disconnect from everything else. So I think you're doing, right, you're, you're doing the pulling closer, the connectedness and the pushing away, the separateness at the same time, right? Both are happening in that word and with whatever you're naming as Kadosh. It's so interesting. I'm thinking about it less as pushing away. And I think I've used this image for mindfulness or blessings before, but imagine like a run on sentence and you put a bracket around two words. It's still a sentence, but now you've kind of closed off for yourself those two particular words. You've both taken them out of the sentence, but they're still there. You know, I'm thinking about Kabbalistic ideas about how we are all separate beings and yet we are still like the void of creation is still around us like there's still both nothing and everything behind us the expansiveness of god is here i'm going back to that image of the cup pouring up from the water and pouring down it's something about acknowledging a particular 
in order to go back to the universal with maybe a little more noticing. Because without Shabbat, time is kind of just fluid and it can go on and you don't notice it. By raising up Shabbat, it might help us feel in the flow of time more. But it's not that time isn't there still. It's that we're putting a bracket around Shabbat and we are saying we are choosing to acknowledge this piece. I'm thinking about a word that I learned from one of our favorite musicals in the Heights, Alabanza. That's what's been going through my head as we've been doing this, um, which, as it says, means to raise this thing to God's face. Right. We're taking something, we're raising it up, noticing yeah, the holiness that's already been there. Yes, that, that idea of elevation is something new, and I appreciate you introducing it. One of my favorite ideas that goes back to this difference between separating and raising up is from Rabbi Ed Feinstein, who says that we can look about what Kodesh means from its opposite. The opposite of Kodesh, as we learned from Havdalah, is Chol, we usually take that to mean every day, which is an interesting translation, but chol also means sand. So what is sand? Sand is a bunch of little particles. If you pick up sand, it all runs out through your hand. They're not connected. So perhaps the opposite of that is connection, right? Kodesh is all one where we feel into the oneness that is all around us. And maybe it's easier to do that when we focus on something in particular, when we put our focus on a day in particular, on a person in particular, and through that connection, we feel a greater connection to oneness. You know, I like to think about gematria and Hebrew numerology and the connections between different words and what different words are standing for. The word kuf dalet shin for kadesh is 404, which like in internet, term right that's like an error right you can't it's it's beyond <laughs> comprehension that's amazing that kadosh right so what how do we even define it it goes beyond our ability to compute it's something that is beyond and above and different and separate and something but also connected to these different places but not able to land on one thing there's that kadesh and also it's the same as dot uh, which is faith a religion that that the whole the whole point of being a part of this thing is to find a way to get closer to what we feel is kadosh that's what religion is all about Wow, <laughs> that's incredible. I love using the internet as a way to more fully understand <laughs> our ideas of holiness because the web is all connected. And with that, we'll be right back. Do we have a better understanding of Kedusha? I'm not 100% sure, but hopefully we've given you more to think about as we move into the third blessing of our Amidah, Kedushat Hashem, the Kedushaifying, one might say, of the name of the Holy One. And we're going to start with the version, well, I won't say anymore. Josh, why don't you take us through? I love calling it the Kedusha-sizing. I think we were in a long line of tradition of, of not of not trans, intentionally not translating specific words. Uh, we've come across that a couple times in our podcast where words like Baruch Adonai and various other places have been left untranslated to, to be at the at the will of the prayer. I love that. Uh, so we're going to move into this, these words of Kedushat Hashem in 
in the conservative movement, Sidor, these are the words that you say when you're moving into a, a silent Amidah. We'll talk more about some differences in, in, in different movements. And they're the words that begin the Amidah, the blessing for the, for, sorry, the words that begin the Kedusha. The blessing for the Kedusha is the same here as it is for the, the full larger Kedusha that we'll talk about in just a little bit. But I'll read the words for us right now. We'll see what do we notice? What are we experiencing? What are we hearing? Now I'm reading from the, the conservative movement Sidur Sim Shalom for weekdays, the Slim Sim. Ata Kadosh Veshimcha Kadosh Ukdoshim Becholyom Yehalalucha Sela. Baruch Ata Adonai Hael HaKadosh. Translation in here is Holy are you, and holy is your name. Holy are those who praise you each day. Praised are you, Adonai, holy God. And if I were to go with our, our work in translation, it would be Kadosh are you, and Kadosh is your name. Kadosh are those who praise you each day. Praised are you, Adonai, Kadosh God. What are we noticing? Well, I, I have to jump in here. Uh, now, I grew up in the reform movement, and the placement of Kedusha and the length and the language used is different than in other denominations. So just to, to clarify is that this Ata Kadosh prayer that, that you're introducing, Josh, is used in the reform movement in all evening services. Hmm. And other versions that we're going to be talking about that that begin with the words we'll get there in a moment uh, or when we do Shabbat or the morning, Nikadesh et Shimcha. So the versions that begin with those words, the reform movement uses in the morning and the Atakadosh words in the evening. Hmm. So just to get us all a little, as much on the same page as we can be. Now that you've mentioned that, the first thing that I'm noticing, if if we're choosing to use one version in the morning and one version in the evening, the thing that I'm noticing in the difference is the tense, right? The one in the morning, then we're saying, so the morning was Nekadesh, right? And the evening was Atakadosh. So in the morning, we're saying we are going to Holifat, we're going to Kadesh. And in the evening, we're saying you are Kadosh. And I wonder what sort of what's what's happening there. Are you Kadosh because we have Kadesh to you throughout the day? Is something else happening here? What's going on with this uh, this change in tense that that changes when we move to different portions of our of our service? Okay, well, those who are listening, I hope you'll look up that question and you'll come back to us and uh, and let us know. Uh, in general, Ma'ariv tends to be, you know, a shorter service at the end of the day, and perhaps it's as simple as that. And uh, giving credit to uh, the editors of our reform, Sidora, I'm sure a lot more conversation went into it than that. Yes, and we were talking before the recording started about how part of this stems from the reform movement not really having a tradition of silent Amidah, whereas in other prayer traditions, in the evening, it's all silent, right? In the evening, for us, this Atakadosh is the only Kedusha we would say, whereas in the morning with a Minyan, with a quorum of at least 10, we would say the fuller paragraph that we're going to talk about later. And what's interesting is that fuller paragraph, there's a lot going on. There's, there's communion, there's things talk, there's angels talking to each other. And here it's Ata, it's you, it's direct. It's about me as the prayer and the Holy one. And I become part of the Yahalalucha Sela, right? I become part of the praisers because I am engaged in the act of prayer which means not only am I 
saying in this moment, I am choosing to focus on God and raising that up and setting it apart. I'm choosing to focus on God's name, which we'll get into. And I'm choosing to focus on me and my community that I am a part of. So it seems a little more personal and definitely repetitive and like a mantra that could be like, okay, whew, but I'm about to get into my Hamidah. Let's remember, right? I'm kind of psyching myself up in a way. Mm -hmm. In those moments when any part of the Amidah and the reform movement is done privately, the first three blessings, including Kedushat Hashem, are almost always done aloud. And then perhaps we'll, we'll go into more private moments, but the Kedusha is, is included in the, the out loud parts in the more proclamatory moments of the Amidah. I'm thinking about those words, Kiddushim B'chol Yom Yehalaluchasela, and I, I pulled it out another Sidor because I was interested in the translation that I had previously read, which was, holy are those who praise you each day. And so then I pulled out the conservative movement's newest Sidor, the Lev Shalem, which has a different translation. It was, I think, 10 years later, and, uh, and again, translation is always an interpretation. Here it says, holy ones praise you each day, as opposed to, Holy are those who praise you each day. The change in my mind being the praising is what makes one holy, like l linking our, our, our voice to, to God, to kadoshing God is what makes us holy, or is it those who are already holy are praising you each day? And the new translation is the one who is linking us together to this chain, that this act is what is connecting us to kadosh, which I think I prefer. I like that because even though I might not say the Kedusha text every day. What does it mean to find a moment every day where I'm raising something up, setting mm. something apart and proclaiming it as holy? Oftentimes I'm troubled by the, the human centric nature of our prayers and our translations. And, and this is one moment where I keep reading about holy ones and ones who are holy. And I've uh, also read commentary that says the Kadoshim Bahol Yom are still the angels that we speak about in terms of proclaiming God's Kadusha. But I love Kadoshim Bahol Yom. That phrase sticks out to me because I think also because I was raised in the reform movement that we call Birchot HaShachar, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, Nisim Bahol Yom, which can be translated as the oxymoron of everyday miracles. So when I see the phrase Kadoshim Bahol Yom, my mind and my heart goes back to Nisim Bechol Yom. And I tend to translate this phrase, everyday holinesses, not just people or angels, or but when I stop to connect or when I stop to elevate anything, as you mentioned, Eliana, then I think I love the phrase, everyday holinesses. And I want to give that one more thought. I love that too. And I think, I think it's imperative when you said, when I stop and I, right? When I stop and I notice, you gotta notice it. The most amazing thing could be going on outside your window. But if you're not paying attention, is it holy? Maybe in and of itself, but you're not experiencing that holiness. It has something to do with noticing. Mm -hmm. I wonder often, I'm sorry, to, I feel like I interrupted you, Eliana, but I think often about, you know, God said Shabbat is holy. Well, that's nice. And what do I need to do? 
each week to make that a reality that Shabbat is a holy time. If I don't pay any attention to it at all, is Shabbat still holy? It's a, it's a question I wonder about. Yeah. I think something that concretizes some of this is in this paragraph itself where it says, and your name is holy. Something about names. And Rabbi Marsha Fak has this beautiful teaching that if we understand as the rabbis did of holiness as being set apart, one good way to set something apart or a way we set something apart as humans is by naming it, right? It's by naming it something. Your cat is different from all the other cats in the world, partially because you have named your cat or you give your loved ones nicknames or pet names. And we say, this day is Shabbat. It's not just Saturday, it's Shabbat. When we name something, we are giving ourselves the chance to elevate it and notice it. Even in a bracha where we say, I know this is your favorite Ellen, right? Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav. We are saying through this action, we are setting this action apart. You know, lighting Shabbat candles is not just like lighting a scented candle because you want a nice smell in your house because of the name that we give it, because of the intention that we put into it. I have to ask the question. I'm so curious. When we say Shimcha uh, Kadosh, your name is Kadosh. Is it the name yud Hey vav Hey that become that we're acknowledging is Kadosh? Or are we actually saying yet another name for God is just Kadosh? That's your name right there. And so and much that, food for thought. That means we are naming God, right? Which we do all the time because any names that God has, in my understanding, any names that God has are ones that human beings gave God. Or within the Torah, there are moments, a lot of moments where God names God's self. But here in the moment, if we say, and your name is holy, then we are naming God, which there is also precedent for. That's beautiful. Another thing I just want to raise up before we move to the with minion version of this um, is the word Sela, which in our very favorite book, My People's Prayer Book, um, Joel Hoffman points out that Sela is often seen as a musical term, but not so common that it could just be like, it's a sharp or it's a flat. Sela. It's held out longer than usual. And I'm thinking about how a holy moment, even after that moment is gone, the reverberations of that moment stay with you. It's not like the moment is done and then you hop back over the close parentheses into a life that is regular. By taking these moments and raising them up, the whole thing gets elevated a little bit more. The sparkles of that moment are still there. I think that as we raise things, how can we help but we raised ourselves? As we notice things, we, um, um, we're changed. Amen, amen. So now let's take a look at the version of the Kedushah, Kedushat Hashem, that we say in the weekday Amidah, in the mornings when we have a minyan, a quorum of 10, or when we are engaged in our repetition of the Amidah and see what similarities or differences we find. Nekadesh et shimcha ba'olam, kashem shemakdishim oto bishme marom, kakatuv al yad nevyecha, vekarazet elze ve amar, 
Kadosh, 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 Adonai Tzvaot, Melo Chol Haaretz, Kivodo. The translation that I have here in the Sim Shalom says, We proclaim your holiness on earth as it is proclaimed in the heavens above. We sing the words of heavenly voices as recorded in your prophet's vision. Holy, 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 Adonai Tzvaot, the whole world is filled with God's glory. There is so much to unpack here. What do we notice? What are some different translations we have? I have in the Reform Sidor in Mishkan Tefillah, let us sanctify your name as it is sanctified in the heavens above, as is written by your prophets. So we'll have to come back and say, well, prophet, who's that? What's that going on? Holy, holy, holy is Adonai Tzvaot, a phrase that the Reform editors chose not to translate. God's presence fills all the earth. I think there's something really interesting in the the choosing sanctify and versus proclaim, right? The difference for me being in proclaiming God's holiness, we're just announcing the holiness that already existed, while in sanctifying God's holiness, we are the ones who are holying, who are kadeshing God. I wonder if and and so and I think that what the Hebrew is, it, it, it seems to me that the the translation that Ellen that you just shared is a much closer to the actual words, which are the the root word we're getting at is nekadesh and kishem shem those who kadesh, those who sanctify, feels like a, a closer English translation to that particular word. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard that makdish, lahakdish is a, a causative form of the verb. Right. It's much more active than passive. Right. And in Rabbi Jill Hammer's translation, it really gets to that too. Let us all make your name holy in the world. I love that. Let's do it. Just as celestial beings make it holy on high, because we're about to quote a line from Isaiah, as your prophets wrote, holy, holy, holy is the deity of multitudes, which is how she translates Adonai Tzvaot, which I absolutely love. Tzvaot are like battalions of soldiers. And so it can often have a militaristic meaning, but it's also just a lot of, a lot of something. The deity of multitudes, the whole earth is full of divine presence. It's interesting to note that while we're talking about the Kedusha in the context of the Amidah, that this isn't the first time that a Kedusha appears in our liturgy in the morning, that an entire version of this, a much longer expanded version, exists in the Yotzer prayer, which has a a much larger vision described, which includes angels and all sorts of celestial beings. And this is a little bit of an encapsulation and makes me wonder when it says Nikadesh and all these ways that God's name is sanctified, Bishmei Marom in the heavens above. What's going on with that? Well, something that I think we get to do here is act out. It's like we're play acting something that has taken place in the heavens, right? According to Isaiah 6, there is this really incredible vision that Isaiah has. Seraph stood in attendance. Each of them had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his legs. And with two, he would fly. Okay, so we have these bonkers six-winged angels. We have an image before that of the Holy One sitting on a huge throne with God's robe filling the entire temple. And Vakarazet el is a direct line from here, Isaiah 6, 3. And one would call to the other, 
And so the choreography that we have been handed down, which I think from what I've read in my People's Prayer book comes from the Hasidic tradition, we bend, we call, we go left, right, and center, play acting at these angels, and then going up on our toes, kadosh, 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 literally raising ourselves up. In opposition, now I'm thinking to bowing, where we literally lower ourselves and humble ourselves. Now we are play acting as the angels. We are raising up on our toes, using Isaiah's vision to proclaim God's name holy in the world. Actually, my favorite phrase in all of this that we're talking about right now is this last line of the section that says, And I look at the own the translation that I'm looking at here, and it says, God's presence fills all the earth. And usually it says got something about that, about God filling all the earth. And I look at the Hebrew and that's not what I see at all. Uh, I think that if it were going to say God's presence fills the earth, then it would be God's presence, Malay, Chol Haaretz, as an active verb. This says Malo Chol Haaretz, which means the fullness of the earth, Kavodo. So it's not that God's presence fills the earth, but that the fullness of the earth is God's Kavod is God's substance, weight, honor. And that's a really important phrase that changes the whole thing for me. That's kind of the whole ball of wax right there sometimes. So I just wanted to make note of that. And if there are linguists out there who want to say more about that grammar, it's fine. But to me, it's very different than have God filling something and have the fullness of something be God. So as we go forward in this version of the Kedusha that we're looking at, I'll read a little bit more in Hebrew. It says, Le'umatam baruch yomeru, baruch kevod Adonai bin komo, uvedivrei kod shecha katuv lemor, yimloch Adonai le'olam, elohaich Sion ledor vador hallelujah. Yeah. Ah, do we have different translations of this one? I mine begins, my translation begins with they responded in blessing. Blessed is the presence of God shining forth from where God dwells. In your holy scripture, it is written, Adonai will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Hallelujah. And so the only thing that I can imagine is with all the angels that we've been speaking about, that Lu'umatam Baruch Yomeru, that Isaiah describes as they're bowing one to the other, uh, facing each other in, in opposition to each other, across the aisle from each other, and all of this bowing and blessing says that God is blessed, Mim Komo, from its place, from God's place. And I have to say that based on now I'm thinking about, well, what places are those? Where is God's place? I love that question of where is God's place? But as you were reading, since I have all of these sources, to me now, it's not just that the angels are talking to each other, but that the Tanakh is talking to itself, right? The vision of Isaiah's angels is talking to the vision of Ezekiel's angels because 
Baruch Kavod Adonai Kamo comes from Ezekiel's angelic vision, which is very different and also beautiful and intense and incredible. This line, V'tisa eni ruach ve'eshma acharai kol ra'ash gadol, Baruch Kavod Adonai Kamo, which we have that whole line actually in a different version of the Kedusha that is traditionally said at the end of services, where you have these verses interpolated with Aramaic translations, like that helps us today, but you know, sure, Aramaic translations, it's very helpful. Then a spirit carried me away, or there was a great spirit, and behind me I heard a great roaring sound, blessed is the presence of the Holy One in God's place. And there's the sound of the wings of the creatures beating up against one another, says the next verse, and there are wheels. There's a whole thing in Ezekiel about wheels, a wheel and a wheel. And there's a song by Woody Guthrie that this makes me think of. I don't know if either of you know it. Ezekiel saw the wheel way up in the middle of the air. And there's these wheels and this roaring sound. So these visions are very different, but they're talking to each other. And then you have this line from Psalms that seems like it comes out of nowhere because it's not about angels. But if you look at Psalm 146, where this comes from, the lines before it might sound familiar. God who secures justice for those who are wronged, gives food for, to, for the hungry, sets prisoners free. Adonai pokeach ivrim, Adonai zokef kifufim, Adonai ohev sadikim, restoring sight to the blind, making those who are bent stand up, loving the righteous. Shomeret geirim yatom va'almanai yoded v'derech reshaim ya'avet. These are beautiful. The Holy One watches over the stranger, giving courage to the orphan and widow, but makes the path of the wicked torturous, says the JPS translation, which I love. So once again, we have intertext that says, you might just think we are praising God because God has a big ego, but actually we are praising these qualities of the Holy One. We are setting it apart. We're bringing it back down in a sense. After all of this talking between the angels and Isaiah and Ezekiel, we're saying, and this is holiness in the world. This is holiness in the world. I love, I love that. I love that so much. And I think that completes what you were saying about the play acting from before also, right? This is like a play in three acts. And the first act was Isaiah's vision. And we have these angels who are doing their thing and we're acting out what the angels are doing. And we're physically lifting ourselves up and doing what the angels were doing. And then we see this Ezekiel response. There's, there's sort of these two angelic visions that are happening and we're acting out act two, where we are experiencing it in the world. Now the angels were up in heaven, but now we are, we're experiencing the fullness of God's glory on earth. And then we get to the Psalms and we bring it back down to, to humanity's level. We talk about physical things that we can see and experience in the world. And so I think once you get to Lim Lochar and Leolam, and that's the line that the congregation says all together, the congregation is now a part of the play. And now us as human beings are saying it's no longer in the angels, it's no longer that vision. What we're doing is we're taking this for ourselves and we're taking and sanctifying this holiness. And we are calling out to God who does all of these things in the world that we see and experience every single day. And now that we've acknowledged that we're bringing this down to earth, we we triple down on that with this next paragraph. We have this sort of taking this tradition for all of our generations. So we're going to read this final conclusion of the of the Kedusha together. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about what we notice in this last paragraph, what's sort of happening here at the very end of this Kedusha experience. So here we go. Ledor vador nagid godlecha, ule netzach netzachim kedushatcha nakdish. 
ושבחך אלוהינו מפינו לא ימוש לעולם ועד, כי על מלך גדול וקדוש אתה. ברוך אתה אדוני, האל הקדוש. So my translation here is, we declare your greatness through all generations, hallow your holiness to all eternity. Your praise will never leave our lips, for you are God and sovereign, great and holy. Praised are you, Adonai, holy God. What are we noticing here? What are we seeing? What are we experiencing? I'm noticing right now, both here and in all of the Kedushah, foreverness, however that might mean, forever in a lot of forever in space, forever in time. And the Kaddish, we say that we are making the Holy One's name Holy Ba'olam in the world in opposition to the Marom in the heavens. But Olam also means forever or Le'olam. And we bring it down to that later where we say Yimloch Adonai Le'olam, forever. So there's forever in, in space, the universe, the world. And then there's forever in time. And that connects back to the Selah, that holding out of that note in Atakadosh. So it has something to do with eternity in all directions, which I love. And make no mistake about it. It's very, in a couple of ways, it's really clear. Lador vador, uh, in every generation. Netzach netzachim, the eternally eternal. There's really no doubt about what it's trying to convey here. I think that it is now up to us forever. Yeah, we're really tripling down here, right? We have those three different phrases. Like you said, the Dor Vador, and then we bring it back at the end to Le'olam Vayed again, back to that original phrase from the Psalms. We're saying this is something that we're going to do. And it's not something that we declare once. It's something that we declare every day, right? Something that we're going to continue this tradition every every new day is another day towards eternity, another day that we're calling on this, this promise that we've made, this connection, this pact. And that it has something to do with our with the declaration itself with the, the not keeping it inside, but but putting it out there in the world every single day that holiness is going on. Wake up, everybody. I really want to read Rabbi Hammer's Ramamusidur translation because I'm loving it so much. May we be telling of your abundance for all generations. Through many ages, may we be part of your holiness. I love that. Kedushat Chan May we be part of your holiness. May your praise never leave our mouths for you are the ancient L, the is of our present, and the holy abundance of our future. Blessed are you, O God, becoming holy. I love that so much. Really swept away by it. I'm going to say it again. The ancient L, the is of our present, and the holy abundance of our future. I love the is of our present. I think that's really great. I know we haven't gotten to the melody section yet, but uh, one of my favorite melodies for like the holy, holy, holy line is there's like a lot of really great Christian worship music that takes this verse. And there's like one that does holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come, which is a really nice connection of like kadosh, kadosh, kadosh with the hu hayah, the hu hoveh, the which is for Adon Olam that we can get to eventually. But I think that there's something really powerful in that is of the present. It's really nice. 
I want to add one thing and I have no idea where it goes, but perhaps it goes here. Uh, I read a wonderful interpretation from Rabbi Rachel Adler about us being holy and being capable of such things. And she notices that um, in Kedoshim and Leviticus, the people of Israel are enjoined in the Torah to become a people, of priests, a holy nation. Yet the holiness of humans, whenever it says, uh, you shall be holy for I am holy in Leviticus, is the human part is imperfect and based on behavior and can never approach God's holiness. And Rabbi David Svi Hoffman says, when you see the word kadosh in Leviticus, when it's spelled without the letter vav, it refers to human beings. Whenever we see the word kadosh and it relates to God, it has that vav in the middle. It includes the vav because God's holiness is complete. And I love just that little putting in a letter or a vowel or leaving it out in our interpretations changes the meaning of everything, perhaps, and gives us something more to look at. I love that. And it makes it aspirational, right? This is in future tense, and that makes it aspirational, something to strive for, that we know because we're human beings and we're not the many winged angels in all of the visions and above, it's not going to be perfect. But just because it's not perfect, it doesn't mean that we don't try. I also think it's interesting that kind of functionally, this paragraph serves as a wrap up, as you will, a summation of the three blessings that have come before it. We're going back to talking about ancestors, like in a vote v'imahot. We're talking about God's glory here in the way that we did in Gvurot. And often Avot Vihimahot, Gvurot, and Kedusha are often seen as a triad, right? As a as a group of three that come together. And this kind of wraps it all up in a really nice bow. Also, just to point out that the Kedusha changes. The text of this changes, and we'll talk about this eventually. It changes in Shabbat. It changes at Musaf. It changes on Rosh Chodesh. It changes on all the holidays. It changes so much, and yet there is a core of the angelic visions, and the Lador Vador paragraph is always there, unchanged, except for on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and in between where it says HaMelech HaKadosh, because we're focused on the aspect of God that is kingship and order. But other than that, it's always there. And I think that's part of the Lador Vador. Can't say for generation to generation, there has to be some sort of constancy, right? It has to always be there. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. Our dear friend Josh had to run off of the Zoom call to catch a plane to sing joyous, wonderful Jewish music with some lovely folks out in Los Angeles. We wish him great, beautiful travels. And now Ellen and I get to talk about some of our favorite pieces of music inspired by the text of the Kedushah. Now, we're not going to talk about melodies yet that we use within prayer, because most of the time, to be honest, friends, on a weekday davening, we're just going to use the Nusach, which might go something like this. We are just going through it, but we're still doing this really intense thing about the angels. But then on Shabbat, we dig into it more. So when we do the Shabbat episode, we will get into melodies. But I have to say that in terms of songs inspired by this text, 
there are a lot of versions of Lador Vador because Lador Vador, I think, has become a phrase meaning not just all generations, but from generation to generation, something about passing along from one generation to the other. And I absolutely love Nefesh Mountain's version of Lador Vador, also called And On and On. Even just thinking about it makes me tear up because every time I've heard it, I've cried. To be vulnerable here for a second, uh, Ellen and friends, you know, my, my dad passed away when I was 18 and the song reminds me of him in so many ways. First of all, that he loved bluegrass and country music. And if he had lived long enough to know Donnie and Eric and see what they're doing, he would have absolutely loved it. He would have absolutely loved this Jewish Americana. He would have been all over that. But it's also literally about fathers and mothers and parents. And in the chorus, it says, the light in us shines on and on. And light isn't just a metaphor in this case, it's the name that he gave me that I sit with. And so the last time I was in Los Angeles, um, visiting the grave of my father with his sister, Eve, my aunt, we, it's, it's actually a really beautiful cemetery. It's, it's in the rolling Hills and it looks out over a bunch of movie studios, which he would have loved because he loved movies and wanted to be a director before he wanted to be a rabbi. And I said, could we listen to this song? And, and we listened to it there and I cried a little and we got to share it with him. And it's, it's really, it's really powerful that, that a song like this, that somebody else wrote speaks to me so beautifully. And that's the amazing power of music. In terms of melodies and in terms of the phrases, so much of the different versions of Kedusha we've talked about today, I go back to that beginning, Atah Kadosh Vashim Kadosh, and particularly the phrase Kadoshim B'chol Yom, because I'm very taken with the idea that I mentioned earlier about things not necessarily having to be special or angelic or amazing to be considered kadosh. But when we feel connected, when we wake up, when we pay attention and we ascribe holiness to something, kadoshim b'cholyom still fascinates me. Um, and so there's a melody that, that I composed uh, with a nigun about kadoshim b'cholyom. And I really went heavy into that idea of Kedoshim B'cholyom being everyday instances of Kedusha, of holiness. Well, I can't think of a better practice to end with than inviting our listeners to take a deep breath, be in their space, and experience this song as an intention for holiness in our days. Thanks, Eliana. I'll do it through a, a couple of times for you uh, or with you. Dive in, please. Get yourself in a comfortable position, perhaps. If it's comfortable for you to close your eyes, it goes like this. Ah, 
as we continue to sing together that Ukudoshim Bechol Yom, Ukudoshim Bechol Yom. What are some of our everyday holinesses? And as you sing, if you even want to change those words to what you are noticing, to what you are awakened to today, feel free to change the words. I may change a few. This was so beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure, as always, Eliana. Thank you so much to Josh, who was here, and will be back with us next time. Thank you so much to Christy Dodge, who edits our podcast. Thank you so much to Yaffa Englander, who makes our amazing show notes. By the way, again, if you haven't checked out our show notes, right now they live at elianalight.com slash podcast. If we say the name of an organization, talk about a text or a song, you can find it there. She also runs our social media. Find us on Instagram at thelight.lab. And we will see you again very soon. Thanks, everyone.